Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lafondra looking to get close of Vaughn. Lafondra away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food. Well, normally on these podcasts on a Sunday, we talk about a match and quite predictably it would be a defeat. But yesterday's match against Port Vale was a unique day in the history of Reading Football Club. Match abandoned by fans invading the pitch. And I've got to say, it was a fantastic sight. And everybody who did it, well done to you. Because it's the meshes that we needed to get across. But to help us talk through the events of yesterday, I've been joined by Alex Everson. A bit weird not to be talking about a defeat on a Sunday, actually. (laughs) So I guess it's nice in that regard, I think. Um yeah, yesterday was really weird, wasn't it? It's just so different to what you would ever want or usually see at football. So, um, it's yeah, it's a completely just different and unique day to what we've ever kind of experienced before at Reading. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen anything like this before. And hopefully we don't see it again. I'm not going to roll out anything with the way this is going with uh, the unmentionable person that owns the club, the biggest wanker. Uh, ever at Redmond Football Club, but also to join us today to talk through these <sighs> amazing events yesterday is Matt Lansley. How are you doing? All good, all good. Yeah, amazing, unique. I think, yeah, it's not a day I don't think many people will forget that were there. You know, it's one of those days I think that a lot of Reading fans will remember where they were when, um, yeah, you know, it was... It, ultimately, though, it's not something that anyone really wanted to do, is it? Because it shows kind of what what dire straits we're in as a club. Um, you know, no one wanted to do that yesterday, but it's the situation that's that's in front front of us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, none of us um, uh, start the season and think, "Oh, we want to get a match abandoned." Uh, that would be completely insane. But this is where we are, and the amount of coverage that it's got afterwards makes you only think one thing that it was completely justified um we're waiting to see what happens with the efl and you know i'm sure 
that we suffer some kind of punishment. Um, I won't be surprised by that at all. But you've got to think it was the right thing to do, Alex, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, there's obviously a lot of kind of uh, concern from elements of the fan base around whether we're going to get fined or points deductions and what that could mean for the rest of the season. There isn't really a precedent for any of this, though, because ultimately fans don't invade the pitch and get games abandoned very often. It doesn't. It just doesn't happen. Uh, so it's difficult, really, to say. No one. No one knows what's going to happen uh, in terms of punishment. But I think for those who, you know, those who uh, chose to, to protest yesterday and, and basically put their point across like that, the the kind of the point is that what's three points at the end of the day if we're not here in six months? What does it matter? Um, and that's that's kind of the route that we're going down at the minute. It's one individual game and one individual afternoon might get ruined, but if you if you don't take some kind of action at this point, then in six months' time, there's no action to be taken anywhere because you just won't have any football to watch. Um, so, yeah, my guess is that we probably will get punished from the EFL at some point. I personally would hope, and I kind of feel like we'll probably get a fine uh, from the EFL, maybe the AFA. I don't quite know which way that goes, but um, and maybe like a suspended points deduction or something along those lines. Um, we'll see. I, I know that's what Blackpool had uh, when they invaded against, uh, I want to say it was Leighton Orient, potentially, uh, no, Huddersfield on their last day of the season a few years ago. Um, but we'll see, I guess, what happens with, with punishments and things over the next couple of weeks um, and whether, you know, whether games get played behind closed doors or any, anything like that. Yeah, I mean, all of that's a possibility, isn't it? Um, I'm going to read out some of the messages that you've sent in to us about yesterday. So there's one here from David Lee. He says, uh, new to club, kids born in Reading, and we've made the club our own for the past two seasons. My son was in tears at the thought Reading FC may cease to exist. That's the human side, along with every fan story. Just wish this idiot owner and Pang could emphasize and also one here from kev townsend saying i have to say originally i was not for the protest but i witnessed at but what i witnessed at the ground yesterday or today by me humbled me to see so many fans looking to generally save their club was an eye-opener and it was it was for a lot of people i'm sure um not everyone was for the protest um and i totally get that going on the pitch they understand that they want people to protest against die young but I don't know how many people is on there. 1,000, 1,500 maybe, Matt? Um, what would you say, kind of roughly numbers? Yeah, you know, we've seen a lot of numbers battered around, I think, easily 1,500, I'd say, you know, um, that, that were actually on, on the pitch, potentially, you know, 2,000. It's... Um, yeah, it's 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 hard to sum up really though, isn't it? Because it's it's such a dire situation. Like and like like I kind of said at the start, nobody wants nobody wants to do that. And we're in such a helpless position. I don't think many people really know what the right way to do things is anymore because because it's you've got an owner that doesn't want to seemingly listen to anything, talk to anyone, do anything, sell the club. How do you get through to him? You can't just sit there because then that just lets let, let's whatever's going to unfold unfold you know the, the unthinkable could then happen in the club then going under you can't just well 
you know, it'd be silly to just sit sit and do nothing. But, you know, to see 1,500, 2,000 fans on the pitch yesterday, you know, I, I, I don't know how many I was expecting um, at all. Um, I don't know if I was really actually even kind of expecting it during the during the game. I guess it was inevitable at some point. But to see so many on the pitch was it was quite a eye-opening, slightly heartwarming, you know, feeling like seeing so many fans wanting to to fight, you know, against, against the owner. And the people in the stands likewise as well, you know, because everyone was 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 supportive, I think, at at, at the beginning, you know, and it was just heartwarming just to see, you know, the unity in that in that moment as well. Yeah, I think it was. I think definitely watching it. I mean, I don't think it's going to break any exclusive uh, embargoes or anything to say that, you know, Reading are um, so badly in the shit. It's just incredible to see so many people actually caring about the club. Um and despite in all these bad times with Die Young, it's one of the things that has given me some heart is the fact that there's so many people that actually do give a shit and they actually do care about keeping their team and they are proud of it and they're proud and prepared to put in so much effort and sacrifice things to actually make, try and ensure that the club will survive in some form. We don't know what that will be, um, but... Yeah, yesterday was a real mixture of um, emotions, really, wasn't it? Just being there and on the pitch, Alex. It's a kind of glad you've done it, but also sad that we've had to reach that point. But also there's no resolution coming soon. It's a real mix, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's something I was speaking to somebody last night about, like, you know, what did it feel like being at the game today? Because obviously, you know, they weren't at the game and they were they were asking kind of what, what it's like being at a game when it gets abandoned and and I, it was really difficult to sum up to them um what it was like. And it, it it's kind of a mixture of, you know, pride that you're trying to do something and you want to be on the, you know, you want to be able to look back in whatever a year, two years, and say, "Oh yeah, I actually did something," um, and, and try try to change things. Um, it's sadness that it's ever got to this point to begin with, and it's just it's despair that you you happen to go to this kind of extreme. Um, and then I guess it's it's kind of the community feel aspect of being around people who want that you know want that change and want the same want the same thing as you um want want the club to move on and move forwards and it's yeah it's it it's a real like mixture of, of emotion it's it's not one of like i mean the self forward die statement kind of put it right like it's not one to be celebrated no one's happy no one, no one wants the game to be abandoned no one's sitting there you know at the start of the season as you said earlier paul going oh this year i'm gonna get a game abandoned because that's not the aim of people that's not People want to go and watch the football. That's why they're there. That's why they have season to get. That's why they follow Reading because they want to go and watch the football. They want to see us win. No one's, no one's aim is to to go to the games and and get games get called off because it's that's completely against the point of being a fan in the first place. But I guess when the situation becomes to the point where it has, people have got their line in the sand, and that's like. You know, yeah, the line might be different for different people, but yesterday's, 
you know, yesterday shows that the line was there for however many thousands of people who were on the pitch at some point yesterday um, has been crossed by the by, you know, Dayong Pang and, and Dayong at this point. So um, it's it's not something to be kind of like, you know, pleased with or, or happy with necessarily, but it's it's one to, I guess, you just kind of have to recognise there's, there's a lot of feelings and different emotions to it. Yeah, I think that was no more reflected by the reaction from the crowd, which, you know, was very supportive. And also, there was also people who didn't like it as well. You know, there, there was some booing. There was some kind of like get off the pitch as well. Um, but I, I respect everyone who does these different things. But I do think that, you know, as you I think we both said, all of us have said here, that it's one match. And ultimately, do we want to have another team in another 10 years' time? Yeah, we do. If you said to me we had to sacrifice this or another match, I don't know. I'm going to say, or, yeah. Let's do or it. even the entire season, right? Like, yeah. ultimately, yeah, if we get relegated, if we get relegated because we've had points deductions this season, but Dayong isn't the owner in six months' time, like, which one are you taking there? Because if Dayong is the owner in six months' time, but we've stayed up, what's the difference? We're, we haven't moved on as a club at all. We're, you know, we're still in the same same kind of limbo that we're in right um there has to be there has to be some kind of change and if if it it means you know administration and it means getting relegated then that's what it means like there has to be change at the top it can't just be a case of like blundering on until you know until we just get relegated anyway um and and end up in end up potentially with with no club at all like there has to be some kind of movement yeah, someone on the protest yesterday who's definitely been, I think, magnificent throughout all of it is Ruben Salas. I think the way that he's conducted himself in the interviews post-match yesterday on Radio Berkshire was absolutely brilliant. And I know people can say whatever they want about him as a manager, that's fine. But I think as a person, he's come across incredibly well. And there's a tweet here from Jacob Potter saying... What might have gone unnoticed amongst the protests today was Sellers sticking around to watch the crowd from before heading down the tunnel. Despite the tactical problems he had early doors, grown to like the bloke, he gets it. I can only say fair play for staying. I, I totally agree on that, Alex and uh, Matt. I mean, you've got to say he's <laughs> what an incredibly tough job he's had, Matt. I mean, it's it's insanely hard his job is. I mean. Can you say it's the impossible job? I think it virtually is that, isn't it? Now, oh, you, you could put so many adjectives to it, right? You know, I think it's not been any secret that you know I don't think many or like well, certainly with the way that the season has pulled pulled out and kind of got to this stage, a lot of people probably would have moved on from Sellers quite a long time ago. Um situation has dictated otherwise but the one thing that as we say sellers had to deal with that no other manager really has had to deal with in reading fc history and probably very few managers have had to deal with in footballing history is just the catalog of things that are now hindering the team and it's one after another after another after another after another and yet he still stayed he still stayed loyal to his players. 
He wants to stand by them, do the best for them, do the best by the club. He gets that football's a results business and he gets that fans, you know, aren't going to be happy like they weren't earlier in the season. He gets that. He, he admitted to that yesterday, you know, with scenes after, you know, um, such as like, you know, the Fleetwood game and um, Leighton Orient, et cetera, that, that, that he mentioned. But but he's, he's still there and he's still trying to do best by the club. You know, and I think it was interesting in the in the first minute yesterday. Obviously, as the game kicked off after the 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 rallying cry by the stadium stadium announcer, you know, Sellers' Barmy Army rang out. You know, I think I think even if people had made up their minds about Sellers, whether they want him to stay, want him to go, you know, etc. I think one thing I think so many fans could actually come together on is actually how much. I guess, you know, Sellers is actually trying to do best by the club at this point. You know, he might he might not be everyone's first choice. He might not be everyone's, you know, ideal appointment and kind of manager at the moment. But I think he's certainly kind of turned a corner with, with, with fans and unity on that side because I think everyone just wants him to to to, to do the best because they can see kind of what, what he's trying to battle with at this point. Yeah, what he's trying to battle with is almost impossible. Um, it is quite um, incredible. I mean, there's another one here from Jimin Lee saying, this is Reading Football Club. We fight until the end. And at this kind of summit, and that is what we have to do. But let's go back to that first minute of that match. And you could tell the atmosphere was, it was different. It was definitely different, Alex. Um it's well, it's so easy to sit here and say, Oh, we all knew it was going to happen in the 16th minute. There's going to be a massive pitch and phase and a thousand people run on. None of us knew that for certain, but it was tennis balls on the pitch straight away, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, even before kickoff, right? You, the stadium announcer yesterday, as the teams were lining up for kickoff, was it was a different announcement. Let's put it that way, right, Paul? It wasn't your standard kind of back the boys and make some noise. It was very much like, a, you know, the team has been treated like, I can't remember the exact wording of it, but it was basically like the team has been treated like crap. You know, you've been treated like crap. Don't put up with it. Back the team. Um, which is the first time you've ever really kind of seen that before. And it was weird because I've never really heard like people respond to the stadium announcer quietly, quite as like loudly as that. There was quite an there, there was quite a silence as well as like as he was reading it, yeah, it was actually definitely. quite interesting as well. Yeah, it, it definitely felt like people were listening to it yesterday. Um, I mean, again, even before kickoff, there was Dai Yong out chance before kickoff. Um, every time the stadium announcer came over, there's a safety announcement like what ten minutes or fifteen minutes before kickoff. It got completely drowned out by people booing and chanting against Dai Yong. Um, you could tell that yesterday there was more of an element of like fuck this i'm done with it before kickoff than there has been any other game this season um like yeah we've seen obviously the tennis ball protests happen this season we've had the march and um and you know the uh, secondary tennis ball protest as well uh which happened but there hasn't been that i guess underlying kind of i don't care fuck this um before kickoff which that was the first time i think we've really seen it from like a large proportion of people um and then obviously kickoff happens and what 10 seconds into the game and there's i don't know 200 tennis balls come onto the field straight away as soon as kickoff happens 
And I think as soon as that, that was happened, quite amusing. That was really quite amusing. I thought just I straight as away. As, as soon as that happened, you knew the game wasn't going to finish. As soon as that happened, right, man? Yeah. Because it's like you could tell as soon as that happened, it was like, yeah, the fans aren't going to let this one finish. There's no way it's going to get to 90 minutes. Yeah, it it was evident right from the start, you know, and I think that 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 was kind of the amusing thing. And then it 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 actually made for a bit of a strange atmosphere, I thought, because like even though obviously well, there was chance for Nelson Abbey, chance for Tom Holmes, you know, understandably, but virtually all the chance were directed at, at at the owner. There was actually very few Reading FC chance in that that sixteen minutes of play that we actually got. The weird thing, I think, was that. As soon as that tennis ball kind of like flurry had started in the first minute or so, I think it took them like three or four minutes to clear it up. As soon as that happened, and it almost felt like people were just waiting for 16 minutes because you yeah. knew that something was going to happen. Um, like we, we said, go down and uh, what, one, yeah, one we said it where we were standing that as soon as we said it, as soon as the tennis balls went on in the first minute, we were like, well, if anything happens at 16 minutes, that's a trigger and people are going to end up on the field at 16 minutes. Now you could tell us straight away that was going to happen. Um, I think big props has to be given to the Port Vale goalkeeper though, who I think did actually chuck one tennis ball back into club 1871, which was very amusing. So top, top job to Mr. Port Vale keeper. I can't remember your name, but. And to the Port Vale fans who I thought were yes. great yesterday. Um, yeah. yeah. There were some that were getting annoyed and I get that. It's a long journey for them and they've paid money. And I get, I get that totally. But um, unfortunately, it's one day in their life. And for us, we one, want to keep having far more match days. And this is what matters for us. It's one um, afternoon for them versus seven years for us, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, thanks, so, Jamie, for like, uh, that one uh, in the uh, post-match there. <laughs> it was um, uh, it was good to see that from Portville. They gave huge support. And I did deserve a lot of credit because some fans just wouldn't have been like that at all. And on social media before they backed it. And I'm sure there's some people that hate it and hate Reading Football Club now because let's not pretend social media is everything because it isn't. But overall, I just felt it was... Um, it's good to see so much support from other clubs though, isn't it? And not just in this league. I'm not going to count like Premier League clubs because they're in their own world of um, strangeness. But yeah. The... the, the... The support you've actually got, even for, I mean, I know you say not from Premier League clubs, but the Premier League clubs who've been through this kind of thing, Brighton and Luton are the obvious That's ones, right? right? Yeah. Um, the outpouring from those those clubs and especially clubs who've, you know, had shit owners before, Port Vale, you know, as we've mentioned, are, are a prime example. But there's so many of them out there. And yesterday evening, like online, was just incredible how many... How many fans would just say, "Oh yeah, we like, we stand with you." It's like it's we get it. It's it's uh, you have to do what you have to do, sort of thing. There's there's very few fans or fan groups out there saying like this is the wrong thing. You shouldn't have done it. Um, everyone just seems to kind of get it, which I find a bit like strange because obviously there hasn't. It, it doesn't feel like there's been. Uh, I mean, there has been coverage, obviously, and, and I'm sure lots of people do know about it, but it doesn't feel like it's ever reached this level before. Um, and I don't think it has reached this level, really. Uh, so it's it's almost, it, I always find it a bit odd that all of a sudden people know what's happened and, and understand it and get it and they, you know, they want to offer their support. I think Tin Pot, like, Little Old Reading. Tin Pot, Little Yeah, Tin Pot, Reading. Yeah, obviously, we're never, <laughs> we're never in the news. We're irrelevant. Nobody cares. 
Um, basically, I think before I was having a pop at Man United fans, basically, who are in their own fucking world. They really are. It's like, oh, Glazer, poor them, poor them. I've only spent a billion pound on players. My tears run down my cheeks so much. But yes, it is a different world. So here's some more uh, things that we were sent when, in by Andrew Butcher. It had to happen. Much wider media attention after the game. Have to keep the pressure. We have to keep going. Don't care about going into League Two. I'd happily take it over being liquidated. Sadly, latter option looking more and more likely outcome. Let's hope not, Andrew. But, you know, to sit here and say it's not going to happen, I think would be extremely naive of me. Chris also says, just sad, sad that it's come to this, but proud of every Reading fan who turned up today to get the game abandoned. We can't do anything else. Also, huge props to Sellers. He's not my choice as manager, but handled himself as a gent. Another one here from Keith Satterley saying, wholeheartedly support the protest today, but again, EFL are as much as for as a waste of breath owner. After all, they allowed him in. Any punishment applied by them must be towards the owner. The only option left now is to remove him altogether before it's too late. That's brutal, and I assume you mean just as an owner, not in a actual human. But um, Michael Hunter, die, has no interest in selling the club and is more interested in stripping its assets for a profit. Dye doesn't care about any protests and will continue to push the club to bankruptcy. The only option is for the airfield to do everything in his power to get RFC out of this tyrant's grip. I mean, it's sad to see so many people just so, and quite rightly so, and I completely understand this, just feeling absolutely grim about everything, isn't it? And when you reach the point, we've kind of got immune to this, Alex and Matt, that we're talking about the club being liquidated and you don't sit here and think this is ridiculous, do we? Well, you don't sit here and think that, you know, administration's a good outcome. Or, 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 or sorry, you don't you don't like feel bad or kind of like think, think that Christ, like how, how, how have we got to a place where administration's a good outcome on relegation to League Two or, you know, near certain relegation to League Two? It's utter madness, utter madness, you know, and it's yeah you you look at it time and time again but you do just think how how on earth you've got to this situation and and this far yeah this is why we had the abandonment yesterday isn't it because it is so so bad and there's it die young as bad as he's been which he totally has been he's an absolute parasite the efl have to take the responsibility of at this point you cannot continue to have this with clubs and we're not the only one and there will be another one that's coming that they just take away any kind of responsibility it's like well these are the rules and we're going to stick by them but you might actually die and lose a community asset that you've had for 150 years but we're going to stick by these rules i mean what fucking madness is that it's i think it'd be really good to, to just see the efl just try and take some accountability and just say no we we get it you know we it might not be the current administration and, you know, the current kind of people at the top of the EFL that were kind of heading it back in 2017 that, you know, let die through the fit and proper test. And I know it's good. It's, you know, tighter now than it is back then, but you've got to take some accountability for, for, for the previous failings, you know, and of course, you know, Reading have, 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 have had failings there as well, you know, right. Like Reading aren't kind of, you know, completely innocent in it. You know, I guess you could say, 
you know, it'd be kind of, I guess, wrong to try and say that. And I think most Reading fans get that. But, you know, the the, the EFL, they, they've come out and said how much they don't like Dai Young in the past, you know, and how much they want him out. And even gone to the point of saying that, you know, that our recommended punishment is banning this guy from football ownership. You know, yes, that would then cause problems in forcing Reading into administration. You'd have some fans querying that and kind of saying, well, you've just relegated us, you know, purposefully. But the EFL have got to come out and actually just try and take some accountability and just say that we've made mistakes in the past. If we get it, you know, we want to try and do the best by the club and just be open on that side rather than just, you know, this ear of silence kind of that, that, that just constantly comes out of them. It's a bit like Reading FC really, isn't it? You know, just completely avoiding the point, you know, and yeah, that, that that's what I'd like to see from them. Just, just, just some sort of acceptance of, you know, their role in this because so far they've they've taken nothing. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. To sit here and say that Redden haven't created or die young, and he is representing the club, take no responsibility for the punishments that we face over the last four years or whatever it is now, it would be stupid because clearly we did massively break FFP, but there should be a tipping point when the EFL have to say, look, come on, this bloke is an absent owner. You know, he actually doesn't give a shit anymore. This is not a situation of them being reckless with money. There actually isn't any. But I want to also pick up on the coverage point. And there's a tweet here from David Leary saying, absolutely pathetic coverage of Reading FC situation on tonight's EFL highlight show on ITV. Where's the proper journalism when it's really needed? And what was a momentous day for all connected with the club? Yeah, I've got to say, I mean, I didn't watch the ITV one because it's terrible, but I understand what you're saying David where was Sky yesterday and as Jeff Stelling pointed out how did you manage to miss this story 
I mean, such a monumental moment. It's, it's not like people didn't know it was going to happen, right? Yeah, exactly. All, it wasn't a knew. secret. <laughs> we all knew the media, the local media knew in Reading. Uh, like it wasn't a, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a secret. It was a, it was very obvious that it was going to be a protest, and yet Sky didn't even bother to send the reporter to the game. Like bizarre, especially when there's no Premier League games going on. It, it, it's like, what? Where were they? What were you, like? What were you doing yesterday? during the game, you could have literally sat there for the entirety of the hour and had someone reporting back every 10 minutes because, you know, there's, a, there's 10 less games going on than there normally is because there's no Premier League yesterday. And yet they haven't sent a reporter. It's really strange. Really, really strange coverage from Sky, I think. Obviously, now they're picking it up because the game's been abandoned and it's on Sky Sports News, um, etc. But, like, to not have anybody there at the time is just so, so odd. And yeah, as you say, the ITV highlights package not showing any of the the protest is, let's be honest, kind of unsurprising because the ITV highlights package is a bit shit. That's 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 been kind of it's dreadful. ITV. I don't know why I watch it every week because yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, ITV are shocking on that front. Like it took Sky so long anyway to actually report it properly as well because I mean, pretty much for the entirety of the protest until it was until it was abandoned, they were saying it uh, the, the game had been stopped for tennis balls. I think, and it was like, come on, guys, open your eyes, have a look on social media. It's just dreadful, you know. And like like you say, it's good that it's being picked up now, but. Yeah, I, I think Jeff Stelling's tweet yesterday just summed it up perfectly. Really, if you've not seen it, go and have go and have a look at it. It was it was kind of just the perfect response, I think, from someone who does get it. You know, having been through similar with Hartlepool. Yeah, totally about um, uh, things uh, not being picked up or cleared up. Andy McLaughlin asked us in the uh, questions. I've not seen Port Vale's disallow goal back. Yeah, but it looked tight. Hope you clear that up. Well, we may have missed that one today, Andy. And I think, you know, that might not be the big topic for the day. Well, what about the penalty claims as well? We could have had a penalty. Harvey Nibs got tripped up in the box and somehow, like, to be to be fair, I I, I think I think the ref and linesman were just, whether or not they were penalties, well, I think Harvey Nibs one was a penalty. Um, their one might have been a goal. I think the refs were just like, no, we know the game's not, not, not going to continue. We'll just let it go. You know? Just get let, let, let them hash out in a few weeks. <laughs> yeah, well, it would have been good if I'd rushed goalie. That would have been quite nice. But, um, yeah, uh, feels like a um, monumentous day yesterday, Alex. I mean, I guess we're going to have to see how this pans out over the next few months, aren't we? Because I'm not expecting a sudden announcement that Die Young has sold the club and this brilliant new owner's come in. But I 100% back what happened yesterday. Um how can I don't think any of us can say anything else about that really? No, I, I'm not expecting him to. Or I say him, he's never going to say anything, is he? Let's be honest. Even when the club gets sold, he's not going to be the one who announces no. it's been sold. So I'm not expecting the club to announce that they've been sold anytime soon, really. Um, frankly, we're no closer to being taken over than any random club that you could pull out of a hat in the UK at the moment, um, which is highly depressing given the state that we're in. Um, you know, I think you could pick out any random team and, and they would be just as close to being taken over as we are currently because we, we're no further along, really, than we were in September. Um, and I think the next couple of months, is it's really difficult, obviously, to be able to try and predict what's going to happen. Um 
do I want to see fans abandon the match every week? Personally, probably not. Um, you know, it's it's a difficult one because obviously there's going to be loads of people with different different feelings out there. Some people will be frustrated that one match has been abandoned. Some will say we should be doing it every week until he's gone. But it, it's difficult to really, there's no right or wrong way to go about it. Um, and realistically, there's no right or wrong way to feel about it either. So it's, it's difficult to predict what's going to happen over the next couple of months. I think fans will presumably get more hostile, more like militant, towards Dai Young as well in the EFL. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if in the next, maybe, I don't think it will next be, maybe be in the next few weeks, but possibly in the next month or so, it wouldn't surprise me if there was like a, a an organised protest at the EFL in London or at Dai Young's house in London or at the casino in London or something like that. I can see that bit happening. Obviously, there's, that kind of thing takes a bit of planning if you want numbers and you want success to do it but um i can definitely see that kind of thing happening um just to try and drag things away from a match day as well more than anything because ultimately where do you go from here on a match day like once the match has been abandoned and there is no match what's the next stage on a match day there isn't one there is like that's it like the only other thing you can ever do then is like not even let the match kick off but there's no like there's no uh, more kind of levels to go down. We've started off with like you know a sit-in after the game. Then you've gone to disrupting during a game. Now it's match abandoned. And it's like the levels have kept rising, but there isn't anywhere else to go on a match day. So it's like I feel like the only kind of next logical step is going to be stuff outside of a match day. That's kind of where it's leading. I think. I dig up the pitch. That's the next level, isn't it? Just get rid of the pitch. <laughs> Get, get some shovels and spades and take them all in, right? <laughs> I think yeah. for me, the biggest thing that's come out yesterday, though, I think is just um, the coverage. You know, like, I mean, like like Alex says, it's it's almost pointless. Or, well, I, I've I've even said to friends that I go to that I go to football with and discuss it. It's, it's pointless discussing and kind of thinking what Dai Young's going to do next because he's, he's proven himself to be the most idiotic, stupid, illogical, fucking moronic cunt in this world like i i just i i i can't even fathom trying to think what he's going to do next it's pointless you know he might he might he might go and sell tomorrow he might go and sell in a month he might go and sell in three three months six months never who knows it's pointless the biggest thing for yesterday is media coverage every like everyone is talking about Reading FC. Everyone is talking about about the situation, Dai Young. There was also something that that, that that cropped up yesterday by a reporter. It was a very long thread basically around what, what Dai Young's going through in China. Everyone's looking into this guy now because he's an absolute criminal. He has no space walking walking the streets. That's not right? to put it that's not even to put it lightly. Like I, I yeah kind of the, like the guy is literally a criminal. Uh yeah. The, the stuff that came out last night from, um, I want to say his name's Mike, Mike Gow. Mike Gow, yeah. Uh, basically, what's happened to Dai Young in the last week or so is that he's had judgments go against him and that he 
essentially is being sued by Chinese state banks at the minute for around about 800 million pounds. So Reading is kind of the least space. He's 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 a waste of space on this earth. Reading is kind of the least of his concerns. That's unfortunately the, 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 the scenario we've got to at the minute. Because if you're being sued for 800 million pounds, I imagine that's probably going to take up quite a lot of your headspace, uh, realistically. But the, of course, the thing is, he's being sued for 800 million pounds because of the fact that the companies that he's been selling on, he's been selling on with like attached loans and stuff. It's it's quite technical. Like I'm sure you'll be able to find some some information about it online if you uh, if you go away and search it. There's I will retweet it or something, I'm sure. But um, it's just a bit like, I don't want to say depressing, but it's it's just sad that it's got to a point where we're literally owned by, you know, a fraudster now. And it's not like, yeah, six months ago, we all didn't well, like that. Yeah. Alex, I have to say. <laughs> no, so it's not even the first no. one. But it's like, it's, but this guy's going to be, it's going to be a convicted fraudster for hundreds of millions of pounds. And yet, somehow he's an owner in the football league. Like, mm. it's, it's it just puts so much shame on on the whole of English football when you've got someone, an owner who is a, is a criminal to this level. It's like you you have to the the EFL kind of have to take a look at themselves and say like, there has to be some kind of like you know element going forwards. I mean, it's probably not the EFL; it's going to be the regulator, I guess, but. That has to be an element of like, if there's this happening around the world, we have to be able to do something to to take the club off of them. Like we can't just, it can't just, it can't just like blunder on. It just can't. Like that's just such a, it's just such a bad way for for football to to kind of position itself is just leaving it in the hands of whoever owns the club all the time um, because you don't. Ultimately, you don't know who owns the club. Like, yeah, you know that who Dai Yong is. We know we know he's Chinese. I mean, know he's from Hong Kong, etc. But you don't know what's going on outside in his other businesses. The EFL don't know. Yeah, no, we, they they can say that they do all their owners and directors tests, but things change. And you know, he's like, mm. if you end up with, you know, a convicted fraudster as a as an owner, how is that? tenable in any way um going forwards yeah i think that's the biggest failing of the efl system that they have at the moment for owners and directors is that it's the moment you come in there is no reassessment at any point there has to be a point in which you think actually this person should not be owning a football club (laughs) absolutely no way but i have to put out a warning that there is only one minute until we can save this podcast just one minute so if we do actually finish up then we'll be okay spoiler alert actually there is longer than a minute left goodness was... me the announcements yesterday were pathetic like, i'm not being iconic funny. moment now I yeah. we you were going there for a minute paul i was thinking <laughs> i thought there was an error with the software <laughs> the first announcement when people were on the field was if the fans don't leave the field the game will get abandoned and i thought i mean that's what they're on the field for 
you're literally telling them to stay on the field there pretty much like oh it's pathetic the, the logic the logic of it made no sense what the announcements were yesterday and again i mean it, it kind of follows the pattern that we've seen all season with announcements when fans have been you know disrupting games and things they're just they're clueless like they've got zero they've got they have not got their finger on the pulse at all when it comes to how to do these announcements and it just it, it just winds fans up even further terrible Whoever's in yeah. charge of writing them or, or speaking them, you need to be fired for what it's worth. You, you, you're just, not, think, you're just think before you do a bloody announcement, for Christ's sake. It's just it's I just felt pathetic. the person doing the, the early ones, though, because it was clearly someone who was quite young. And when he was reading them out, he was like, yeah, don't do this, don't do this. Oh, I don't really care. But, like, <laughs> you know, you could sense that. No, definitely, definitely. But let's look at this um, uh, one here from Greg saying, just take a step back and realise this is Reading, not Millwall, not Leeds, etc. No, we are thug, Greg. Come on, come on. We are a club that used to be sponsored by Waitrose, making all the noise. When we play Fulham, we call it El Middle Class. Oh, my goodness. Middle Class. Oh, butchered that one. We are this angry because we are terrified of losing our club help us it was it is the situation it's it is really sad and the port vale fans also singing get out of their club you greedy bastard i mean it's such a weird day yesterday and i don't know about you two and everyone else who's listening to that your brain afterwards is like what the fuck's gone on there you know i agree with it all but it's just such a weird day wasn't it it's just a big cry for help, isn't it? As Greg says, you know, that 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 is literally what it was. You know, a cry to anyone who's willing to listen because like, you know, previous previous protests have got, you know, okay coverage, good coverage, you know, have have, have gone down well. But, you know, and it's kind of, I guess, you know, the main thing about yesterday, like, you know, with, 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 with what happened, it was strange coming away from it because it was literally like you couldn't keep up with Twitter. There was new posts every second and like, Different news outlets were were, were saying things, fan groups, etc., from different clubs, and people were finally, you know, talking about the real kind of plight of Reading FC. Not just talking about, you know, tennis balls being thrown onto a pitch, or you know, an ad van campaign, or you know, whatever it whatever it's been. You know, people were actually talking, getting right to the crux of the issue yesterday. And I even had friends that 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 that, that literally messaged me in 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 the afternoon saying, literally, Matt what's going on with reading fc and it's like well have like have you not been have you not been watching for the last you know few years like you know what hasn't been happening with reading fc um but it, it finally got that exposure yesterday and like it was a massive cry for help you know but i guess that that was the that's the biggest thing about yesterday it was to get that coverage it was to get that that awareness that's all you can really do with protests right yeah yeah you're right i mean i had friends messaging me from germany saying were you on the pitch and what what's going on here <laughs> it's kind of you know it, it's cut across everything which is ultimately what you want to protest to do isn't it you want it to make headlines and it has um what you don't want to be is actually reaching the point where that has to be needed required because we're just tired of it aren't we but we will keep going alex um Hopefully, at some point, there will be some resolution on this. Um, we've no idea when that will be, but we just keep going with Cell Before We Die. And i got to say, yesterday, I think one of the best things about it, it just felt like it was completely fan-led. 
there was nothing kind of officially organized for that 16th minute it was just we're gonna do it this is what's happening everyone else is just gonna have to deal with it basically fans, fans took control yeah. right they mm. they knew like the fan base knew what they wanted to do and they just did it which like ultimately i think that's kind of what self does been saying since the start is kind of like well there's no monopoly on it if people want to protest protest because we like as a group we can't we can't control people we're not no one's there to say you should do this and you should do that we can we can advise people and like you know suggest what like the group wants to do um but if fans want to protest in a particular way then they're going to do it and yesterday was it right and it was completely like fan led all the tennis balls was fan led the pitch invasion on the 16th minute was fan led the abandonment fan led like it, it it just shows that like it's not a it's not one supporter group doing it right it's not it's not sub we die it's not us it's not tyler's and doing it it's just it's the fan base at this point and they like the feelings the organic feelings of the fan base have basically just taken over at this point um and people are just kind of almost there for the ride i guess as it were yeah yeah um totally there's lots of transfer news and all that but you can read about that on x because i think we're basically going to wrap this podcast up now because otherwise we can be going for ages here so thanks a lot for listening and uh, we will be back at some point with a podcast i don't know when oh go on alex just before we end their goal was offside important news there we go there we go insightful as ever here on epr yeah, and there should have been two red cards given to uh, Paul Vell players and we should have got the game given to us 3-0. So, yeah, that's bringing in the love, isn't it, from the Vale fans. Okay, then. Well, uh, if you have enjoyed it, give us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify and we will be back at some point, hopefully soon, talking about a new owner. No, I don't believe that's going to happen as well. But up the fucking game.